Okay, let's get started with Parshas Va'era Tavshin Pe'alif. This week's shear is sponsored in memory of Basia Basnachem Bear by Arthur and Linda Cook. We thank them for the sponsorship. Again, Basia Basnachem Bear by the Cook family. The Neshama should have an aliyah through the Torah that we will learn together. So we are up to Parshas Va'era. The Makos. The Makos get us into it. I heard this week maybe Va'era stands for Ani Rishon Va'ani Acharon. Right, Akadish Baruch Hu, the whole parsha is uh, is Akadish Baruch Hu involved in the world, uh, as we will talk about throughout the uh, throughout the uh, parsha. So we'll start off with Paragvav Pasik Yudbeis. Paragvav Pasik Yudbeis. Moshe Rabbeinu, remember at the end of the parsha, complained as any of us would have complained. Akadish um, Baruch I told you I didn't want to go, and you made it worse, and I can't believe uh, you know this is happening. But Akadish Baruch Hu says this is how Gula happens. And it's not a coincidence just to mention that, you know, this time of year is when we read about the Makos and the beginnings of Geula, that we know tonight is the first night of Shvat, and Shvat is about blossoming, it's about little, little, little uh, blooms and growths that you see, you don't really see it growing yet, but it goes up and up until it turns into the fruit, and that's exactly what Geula is. It starts a little bit, a little bit, and then you have all the Parsh, the Lashonos, and all the way till Vehevesi. Moshe says, they're not going to listen. Here we go. Hashem says to Moshe, go to Paro, and he'll set the Jews free. Moshe says something that Lachora he already said. Everybody just please make sure to mute yourself. Um, Moshe says, they're not going to listen to me. Ve'ech Yishma'eni Paro. Va'ani aral svasayim, right? I am an aral svasayim. I am someone who has trouble talking. Rashi says, atum svasayim. Aurel always means closed off, right? There are a number of arels in the Torah. There's arel, the famous arel is the arel by Brismila, but there's also arel svatayim, that's in this week's parsha, an arel of the lips. There's also arel oznam, Yermio says, Rashi quotes, arel of the ears. An arle lave and an arl of the heart. A lot of parts of our body could be covered up and closed off. Our ears, our hearts, our our um, our lips, and uh, and of course arl of course arl basar. But either way, that is Rashi. But it's unusual that Moshe Rabbeinu already used this uh, argument uh, last time. What exactly is the uh, addition and what is the emphasis of and the meaning of Moshe's words? So Rav Salvechik in the Mesar Sarav, he quotes a Zohar. Again, a Zohar that many are, might be familiar with, though they don't realize it, but you've probably heard Shirim over the years on Pesach about this idea. We had a Shabbos Agala Drasha about it actually a number of years ago. And that is, Rav Salvechik writes it in, um, in the beginning of source number one. Moshe Rabbeinu was not complaining just about a speech impediment, which the Medrash says that he did and he got when he was younger. But he was talking about uh, a state of being that the world was in, or that Am Yisrael were in, was in uh, at least, when they were in Mitzrayim. And that is, they didn't have the power of words. They didn't have the power to express themselves. That's what Moshe says, Ani, I, all of Am Yisrael, but including me, I can't properly use the power. As the Zohar says, that words, Deber begalusa, Deber was in Golis. Rise Rev Salvechik. Moshe was then in the grade of voice, and the grade of utterance 
was in exile. Hence he said, how shall Pyro hear me, seeing that my utterance is in bondage to him, I being only voice and lacking utterance. When Moshe came, finally the voice appeared, but it was a voice without speech. This lasted until Yisrael approached our Sinai to receive the Torah. What's going on here? Explains Rav Salvechik, there are a number of different levels which are reflected in the Koach HaDibur that Am Yisrael went through until they reached Geula at Harsina. Bondage, let's just ask it as a question. It's amazing, if you really think about it, if we really think about it, B'nai Yisrael start complaining and screaming, and we read in this week's parsha that they cried to Hashem and Hashem heard them. What did they do for the past 210 years? Were they crying? Were they screaming to Hashem? There's no evidence of that in the Torah. That they didn't start crying, it's unbelievable if you think about it. I, how ironic. They didn't start crying out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu until Moshe Rabbeinu came and said the ghoul is starting. What does that work? How does that, how does that, how does that fit? Why didn't they cry for the past 210 years? Explains Rav Salvation because they had no recognition that they were in bondage. They thought this was the reality. They thought this is us. What, something's not fair? What do you mean not fair? This is us. We're slaves. They're masters. And this is the reality of the world. So they didn't cry. They didn't scream. What are they going to scream about? There's nothing to change. So there was no even voice, let alone words. Bondage. Now let's read his words. Bondage is identified with the absence of both word and meaningful sound, with total silence. Redemption begins with finding sound while the word is still absent. The first stage is, is just crying, crying out. Finally, with the finding of both sound and word, redemption attains its full realization. That's the whole process, to give a muscle, which he doesn't give, but to give a muscle when somebody has been in anesthesia. They don't feel any pain. They're just numb. As one wakes up from anesthesia, they're not really coherent. They're not really conscious yet fully, but they might make some utterances and sounds, but they have no idea what they're saying. They're not going to remember it later. It's just sounds until afterwards, finally, when they become more awake. So then they start using words. We were numb for 210 years. We didn't feel anything. We didn't feel the pain because this is just what reality is. Before Moses came, there was not even a single sound. No complaint was lodged. No cry uttered. The men kept quiet when they were mercilessly, mercilessly tortured by the slave drivers. Right? There was nothing to cry about. The pain didn't precipitate suffering. They were unaware of any need. All of a sudden, Moshe Rabbeinu comes and says, you're going to get freed. You're going to get freed? You mean this is not normal? This is not what we have to do for the rest of our lives? All of a sudden, they had a voice. All of a sudden, they had call. When Moses came, the sound of the voice came into being. Moses, by def- defending the helpless Jew, restored sensitivity to dull slaves. Yes, this was a great stage, but all of a sudden, they felt the pain. When you wake up from anesthesia, then you feel the pain. But not only pain, a sense of suffering as well. Why hadn't they cried before Moshe acted? They would lack the need awareness and therefore experience no need. Whether for freedom, for dignity, or for painless existence. They didn't rebel against reality. They thought this was the only reality. So that's what Moshe says. 
Ani aras fasayim. The am is aras fasayim. Hashem says, start the process. Start the process. Even Moshe didn't acquire the word until finally he comes. They start calling out, Vayitzaku, Vayitzaku. It doesn't say that they said anything in the parsha. When it says over and over again, right? They, it just says that Hashem heard their, their cries. Hashem heard their cries. It doesn't say that they heard their words. Because that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's the first step uh, of, what, of what happens here. And that's what Aras Vasayim is, and only at Harsinai did they reach the level of words. Although Moshe had the existential awareness of need, he had not yet discovered the logos of need, which would in turn have endowed him with the charisma of speech, the chulu. So this gives a much deeper idea to Aral Svasayim. It's not just he, you know, couldn't talk properly, but the whole nation, the whole world, Am Yisrael being a microcosm of the whole world, wasn't able to express what the reality really was. Okay. So we continue. We continue. So Hashem says to Moshe, don't worry. Then we have the first couple of Shvatim listed, the families, and Aaron and Moshe, Moshe and Aaron, and then we have Perek Bez, Perek Zion, Pasek Yudalf. Pasek Yudalf, we are now almost getting into the Makos. First we have the Osos. First we have the signs. When Hashem says, give me a sign, take the mata, throw it in front of Paro, and it'll be a Tanin. Moshe and Aaron come to Paro, and they do it, and Paro laughs, right? The other Chartumim could do that also. Paro's heart is hardened. And then now he says, okay, now it's time to start the Makos. But before that, where's the... Pasik says the Pasik Aleph, I'm sorry, not Yud Aleph, Aleph. But Yom HaShem Moshe, Re'ei, at the beginning, before he goes to Paro, Yom HaShem Moshe, Re'ei Nisaticha Elokim Leparo, Va'aron Achicha Yenaviecha. So think about it, what does this Pasik mean? HaShem says to Moshe, I will place you Elokim Leparo. I will place you as an Elokim to Paro? What does that mean? Sometimes there are psukim that if we stop and we rush through the parsha, we're always trying to be Mavra Sedra, we try to get through it quickly, we have to finish the parsha. So we don't always focus on just the words of the Pasik. Re'ei nesaticha elokim leparo. I will make you an elokim to paro. So Rashi obviously is bothered by that. We don't always stop and think what Rashi is bothered by. Shofet verodeh. I will make you a... Shofet, the judge, Verodeh, and someone who inflicts punishment. Loradoso b'makos v'yisurin. So Elohim here means, let's say, a Dayan. Right? We know from elsewhere. Elohim nitsa badas kel. So the word Elohim can mean a judge. And it could also mean a shliach of Bezdin, the Rodeh. That's Rashi. Rashi says Elohim here means Shofet Verodeh. The Shemana Tov in the fifth volume has a Medrash which gives a different shot. But before the Medrash, you go to Gemara that we're familiar with. The Gemara in Shabbos and Daflamid, where Shlomo HaMelech is finally ready to bring the Aron into the Kodah, into the base of Migdash. He quotes the Gemara. Kishabana Shlomo as base of Migdash, Remember, he wanted to bring the, the Aron in, and all of a sudden, the doors don't open. All of Am Yisrael are there. Millions of people. Shlomo is at the front. He can't get the gates open. 
Dovku Sha'arim Zebazeh. They don't open. Omar Shlomo Chavdal Renanos Shlomo Davins. Chavdal Renanos. What does that mean? Different Pshatim. Some say it's the 24 brachos we say on a fast day or other Pshatim. Velonen and nothing works. Shlomo doesn't understand what's going on. Pazach Viamar. He starts talking about gates opening. Su'u Sha'arim Rashechem. Please, gates. Gates. He's quoting, he's quoting his father. Right? Lift up the gates. Lift up gates your heads. Let the Melech HaKavod come in. And the Gemara describes in an illustrative way that somehow the gates understood that Shlomo was talking about himself. Oh, Melech HaKavod. What an arrogant person. The gates started running after him. Whatever the imagery is means. Amru, miuzeh Melech HaKavod. Next passage in Tehillim, Amalu Hashem Isus. I'm talking about Hashem. I'm not talking about me. Shuzar Mashechem Bechulu. Until finally he quotes, "Okay, open it for David." And that's when all the enemies of David knew that David was forgiven. A great Gemara. But that's one. That's a Gemara background. But now let's get into the Medrash on the Parsha, which has a different shot. A different shot. Why did Hashem, Shlomo call Hashem, or da, quoting David, Melech HaKavod? He is the God, he is the King HaKavod, the honorable King, the respected King. Why? The Melech Basar Vadam, Ein Rochman Asusov, Ein Yoshvan Akisov, Ein Lovshan Levusho, a human king, you can't touch his things. You can't ride his horse, you can't wear his clothing. Can't sit in his throne. Right? You can't do, get, get near him. Ulabasof, Einikron, Vishmo. And you definitely can't call him, get his name. The king's property, especially his name, is off limits. And Akadosh Baruch Hu is not like that. He gives his name to Basar Vadam, says the Medrash. Our Pasik. Re'enisaticha Elokim Laparo. Elokim's Hashem's name. He gives it to Paro. Paro thinks he's making himself into a god. The Pazik says He thinks he's a god. No, no, no. You're an, You're an Elohim. Hashem gives over the Elohim status to Moshe Rabbeinu. Meaning what? So what's the definition of Melech HaKavod? The Medrash says that's why Hashem, Shlomo called Hashem Melech HaKavod. What does that mean? A Melech HaKavod is someone who gives others Kavod. That's the definition of Melech HaKavod. He's the Melech of his Kavod and he could choose to give it to whoever he wants. And that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu could give Moshe this honor of calling him Elohim. The gates, so to speak, originally thought that Shlomo was talking about himself. The Gilohem and Shlomo says, No. I'm talking about a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the ultimate Melech HaKavod. Melech HaKavod doesn't mean you want covered from others. As he's going to say in a minute, that's an Eved LaKavod. That's not a Melech HaKavod. Someone who runs after Kavod is an Evid to Kavod, not a Melech HaKavod. Someone who gives honor to others. Right, what is the name? Perkei Avos? Ezu Mechubad HaMechabed Esabrios. That's the Zvart. 
Tzeinu melech al hafechu tali b'acherim. Avo pirush al melech hakavod undimisha mechalik kavod la'acherim. He's a melech hakavod. Al kena kadosh baruch hu melech hakavod who moshe hakavod lasito la'acherim. And that's what happened in this pasuk. Rein esaticha elokim laparel. So what do we learn? Mahu afata. The greatest kavod that we could get is by giving kavod to others. That's how we could be mechubad. And the more that we look for covid, the more that we're not mechubad. Because we're focusing on ourselves, which is just a reflection of arrogance and ego, and mishu mechapes, who mishtokek, lekavod meacherim, who be'es eved shel kavod. He is an eved to kavod, and he's not melech kavod. So ezu kavod, ezu mechubad amechabed esabrius. Right, that Mishnah in Perkyavos, every Mishnah is, is unbelievable, but that Mishnah of ezu ashir, ezu chacham, that Mishnah is really the secret of life, including here, Ezehu Mechubar HaMachabed Esabrius, HaKadosh Baruch calls Moshe Elokim. Okay. Famous question, we'll just mention it again this year with a famous answer, but a mushal that I don't think is always given. Two seconds later, Moshe, you're going to go, Va'ani Akshe Eslev Paro. I will harden, top left, I will harden Paro's heart, I will make great all of the Osos Umofsim. We'll start with Rashi again. I will harden because of what he did. Sounds like the Rambam. Sounds like the Rambam's approach that somebody could reach such a level that part of his Onesh is that Hashem takes away his Bechir Chavshis. That's what the Rashi sounds like. Totally but he's not going to do it come back anyway, and I might as well make a Kiddush Hashem out of it. Okay, there's more about that, but that is Rashi. Okay, many other Pshatim given in terms of how did Hashem harden Paro's heart, isn't that removing Bechir Rechashis? So one of the more famous answers is given also here in the Azayim LaTorah, Rav Saratskin on the top left. Rabim Tamuhu, Halokele Muna Ve'inavel, Ve'ichonachis Paro, Achre Shalokam Menos Abachira. How did that happen? Says Rav Saratskin Velinicha, Shalokach Menos Abachira. But rather he gave him his Bechira. He did not take away his Bechira by hardening his heart. Rather, he gave him back his Bechira Chavshis. Any normal thinking person in their right mind, if they see the makos, that's removing their bechira chashis. Because then it would be obvious to set the Jews out. I don't want Paro to send them out based on not being in a, in a proper state of mind. Being convinced and brainwashed. So the, the miracles would brainwash anybody. So Kodesh Bravo hardened his heart to again level the playing field and make it even. He gave him back. Right, when it started, before any makos came, right? No, I'm not letting the Jews out. Nothing doing. And what happened when Moshe came at the end of last week's parasha? He made it worse. So obviously, even before anything hardening, right, it got, he said no. So once the makos were starting, says the Azayin Torah, Hashem had to make it Harder in order to give him back his Bechir Chavshis. So then he gives a mushal though. That pshat is said by many. 
But then he gives a mashal, which is unique. Kain Yadua, line 11. Ha-Hezber Shal Rambam again Right? The famous Rambam in the end of the second parak of Ilchaz Gerashin about a force get. A get That if a person is supposed to give a get, I'll pee halacha. And he is not. So Bezdin could use, we might call it unorthodox ways, in order to help him fulfill what the Torah wants him to fulfill. And ask the Rambam for one second. A get can't be forced. It can't be Meusa. So the Rambam says, no, no, no. The Bezdin is not forcing him. The Bezdin is just removing the Sahara that's being Ma'anesim. And once the Sahara is removed, and he says, Rosani, that's his real that's his real self coming out. Again, much discussion of that Rambam, not for now. But says Reb Saratskin, that's similar to what happened with Paro. Similar to what happened. He was being forced by the miracles. He was being forced by the Nisim. And he would, if he would have sent them out, that wouldn't have been something based on his own Bechira. Shamakas Mesiros Rak Esha Kfia Shel Hayetzer. After the kfiyah is removed, and his uh, inner ratzon is uh, revealed. He was removing the hashpa that would have set, let, made him uh, free the Jews. Obviously, it worked against him, but that was his ratzon ha'amiti relating to uh, hardening his heart. Okay. So now we get to the makos. Seven makos in this parsha, three makos in next week's parsha. So we're going to go through two thoughts now from two of the great achronim, two of the greats that made it into the mikros gadolos, that talk about categorization of the makos. We think of the makos as ten, ten makos. But we also, as we know, have other breakdowns, right? Most famously, Rabbi Yehuda Yerosim Bahem Siman, Tatzach Adash Ba'achav. So is there any connection between the Tatzach and the Adash and the Biachav? Right, those groups, they seem to be pretty arbitrary, right? What is, what is Damsvardea Kinim have to do with each other? What is Barad Arov Choshech and Makas Arbe Choshech and Makas have to do with each other? So two thoughts, one from the Arachayim HaKadosh and one from the Klei Yaker. The Arachayim and the Klei Yaker. Says the Arachayim. He asked it as follows. He asked it as a question. Let's look at the Pesukim for a moment. It's interesting to look at Paro's reaction to each of the Makos. That's what the, the Arachayim starts with. So what happens with Dam? Hashem says to Moshe, Tell Aro, Neteis Yadcha B'matecha. Al Hana Aro, Tal Yor Malagamim, Go Tel Aro, to hit the rivers. I'm sorry, that's Svardaya, I skipped. Go back to the uh, Dam. Go back to Dam. How does Dam start? Moshe, tell Aaron, Kachmatcha, on the Mamie Mitzrayim, on Arosama, Yorayag, Mehem, and make it into Dam. And they do it, and it all turns to Dam. The fish died, it stunk. They couldn't drink water, we discussed a couple of years ago. Somebody showing him say that it just switched for a second and then it came back to water and everybody and all the fish died. That's what ruined it. Okay, the Chartumim tried to do it. They did it. Paro says no humph and turns around and goes into his house. That's what happens after Dam. 
right? He sees his Khartoumim can do it also. He turns around and goes home. Seven days, good. Next, Tzvardeya. Hashem, Hashem gives the command to Moshe and Aaron to do the mock-up Tzvardeya. Peraches now, v'halat ha-tzvardeim. V'yed Aaron as-yado ha-meimim Yisrayim. V'tahat Tzvardeya, right? We know the Gemara in Sota. One frog became many frogs. V'tachat z'eretz Mitzrayim. Pasa Gimel. V'yasu kina chartumim b'latehem. The chartumim tried to do it. V'yalu asat Tzvardeim al-eretz Mitzrayim. And they were successful as well. They also made frogs. Next Pasik. Vayikra parola Moshe ul-Aaron. Parakos to Moshe and Aaron and says, Hatira l'Hashem. Please, Davin. V'yosar atzvar to get rid of these frogs. Umimeni imeami. V'ashlachazam, I'll send out the nation of Yisbech l'Hashem. Just get rid of these frogs. Ask the Archaim HaKadosh. By Dam, the Chartumim could do it. By Tzvardeya, the Chartumim could do it. So why is it by Dam? Once he saw the Chartumim could do it, he went home and turned around. And here, right after the Khartoum did it, he goes and runs to find Moshe Nara, and he says, what's going on? Get rid of these frogs! Why the difference in reaction of Paro to Dam and Svardaya? It's amazing that we don't pick up on it until the Arachayim HaKadosh points it out. Just says it's just a symbol. The first two Makos. Opposite, re- opposite reaction. Paro does not ask to get rid of the blood. Right? He asks to get rid of the frogs. But Tzorach Ladan says the Arachayim. Rabbi Bernstein used to call the Arachayim the Ramban of the Achronim. That's what he calls the Arachayim, the Ramban of the Achronim, by Isaac Bernstein. Why don't you just go home by this Makkah? They also did it. What's the difference? Achain, Pivana Botam, Hargashaso Bazu, Vichol Kayotzeba, Look throughout all ten makos. When does Paro call to Moshe and Aaron? Kilohaya mispayal elokisha emus emos maves naflu alav. When was Paro scared for his life? That's the difference. Whenever he was scared for his life, he went and ran after Moshe and Aaron. Every maka. Look through. He's going to go through each one. Whenever he's scared for his life, that's when he goes and gets motion Aaron. This says Seder Makosov. Rishon Makasdam. He wasn't scared. Why? Maybe some of that there was water on the edges. Maybe he could buy water from the Jews. All different shatim. But it doesn't say that any Mitzrayim died in Makasdam. It doesn't say that. It was uncomfortable, it was disgusting. They had no water, they were thirsty. But okay. Svardeya? No. Hayuboshne Dvarib, Haechad Harasha Sakol, Vahasheni, Hayu Nichnasim Bimeehem. Right? What does it say? Uvacha, Uvamcha Yalu. It's going into people's mouths. People are croak, they're croaking inside. People died. And according to the Ebenezer, Ezra, there are crocodiles and alligators also. Right? This is a scary mouth. We think frogs. Okay, frogs. Fires are fun. A little mushy and gross if you step on them. No, it was disgusting. It was dangerous. It, it was killer toad. Those poisonous little frogs that you that you see behind the behind the wall in the in the aquarium. Those poisonous frogs. Paro was scared for his life. So he runs to Moshe and Aaron. 
Amar Paro, El Moshe, Viaseras Fardimi Mani. Number two, number three. Kinim. Makas Kinim. Once we see this Vart, just the Psukim flow so beautifully. Hiagamshe, Yitzhar, Kinim are very itchy. Right? They itch, it's very uncomfortable. Aval Ainsham Sakanas Mavas. Right? Kitzvardim, he doesn't think he's going to die from it. Shetinko Bnei Meav. He doesn't think they're going to pierce his skin and make him into a trefa. Even though he says, because the Khartoumim can't do it, he says, It doesn't say that he went to Moshe Naram. He wasn't scared for his life. Dalit, Arov. Okay, Arov, you could guess. You know, lions and tigers and rhinoceroses and snakes and Makazarov Amos Shane Behemos Shalach Hashembo. Right? Behaluov Yeruah Admaod Vitekev Shalach Achareim. Right away, get out of here, get them. He's scared. Dever. What's Dever? The animals dying. The animals dying. With Sajraisa Bemikne Levad Agamki Shalach Vara Mikne Yisrael Mesechod Loshas Liba Levakish Rachmin. He went around, he heard the Jews still have animals, I'll have what to eat, I'm not worried. Even though they didn't get any. Okay, he's not worried, doesn't, doesn't go to Moshe. Shechin. Again. L'tzad shalohaya bo sakana. Gam efshesh eschabach, gazwa shaloh hizker shem beferish. Ki gam bo haya shechin. Right, haya shechin bechartumim. Nothing. It's not a specific order, it's just go through each one. Kinim, he wasn't scared. Arvi was scared. Debra, he wasn't. Shechini, he wasn't. Barad. Barad. So now we're getting almost everyone. Barad, let's touch it. Here am I, Kaddish Baruch Hu, Mishamayim. But not some kolos, but ace, but not shamayim. Nafla, lamim, asafachad. If you see fire ice balls falling down from shamayim, your life's in danger. Your life's in danger. Come on, pecha, stone, vamora. Hashem, atzadik, atiro, Hashem. Davin. Arba. He calls Arbe Makas Mavis. Right? Misa. Piv Anabo. Kimashin is Ragi Shulatasha Yara Yiras Mavis. The Yasser Mealai Rakas Amavis Azeh. He says it beferish. He thinks maybe they're go marry their poisonous. Maybe again they can't breathe. They can't breathe. There's no air. Because the air is full of locusts. Choshech? So this is an interesting one, says the Arachayim. Lo Reinu Lo Shabikesh Mimoshalis Palel. We don't find that he, he went to Moshe. But that's not Araya. Maybe he couldn't move. Right? <laughs> First three days he was still walking around. And then it stopped. You could feel it. He couldn't go. He couldn't move. And then, of course, Machas Pachoros is Machas Pachoros. So it says the Arachayim, it's Poshit, it's simple. It's a simple idea that maybe we never thought about before. Whenever Paro thought his life was in danger, that's when he ran. He was a baby, right? He didn't want to recognize all the great things that Kaddish Baruch Hu did, but when it was up to his life, okay, you know, Moshe, you got to save me. So, you know, it's not memorization. It's just going through and thinking about what each Maka was. So that's one categorization of the Arachayim. The Kleyakar gets us back to the Haggadah. The Klayakad gets us back to the Haggadah. Tatzach Adash Bachav. What's the connection between that, those three? Those three Makos. Those three sets of Makos. 
Washon Zed, Nomar, Bemaka. So, I'm oh, sorry. So he starts off with Pasig Yud Zion. Pasig Yud Zion in our Perik. As we know, the Ramban already points out that there are a number of Sukkim that talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the purpose of the Makos. This one in Perik Zion, Pasig Yud Zion, Kolomar Hashem, Bezoz with this you shall know. Ki Ani Hashem, that I am Hashem. Right, we start off, Ba'era. Lashon Zeh says the Klayakar, the great Darshan from Prague. Rav Shlomo Ephraim Lenshitz. Lashon Zeh, no Marbamakar, Rishona, Shal Seder, Datzach. Right? The first, Vaidam. Vechain Bamakar, Rishona, Shal Seder, Adash. No Marlaman Teda, Kiyane Hashem, Bekerav Aretz. Another Pasik that, the purpose of the Makos. Vechain Bamakar, Rishona, Shal Seder, Baachav. So by Dam, and by Arov, and by Barad, there's one of these major psukim purposes of the of the Makos. So he quotes from the Abarbanel. The Abarbanel was not so much before the Klayakar. Not too much before the Klayakar. Says the Abarbanel, And he quotes the Abarbanel, and he builds on the Abarbanel. He builds on the Abarbanel. It's also a little bit based on a Ramban at the end of Parsha's bow, but not in this way. There were three things that Paro and maybe all of Mitzrayim uh, were heretics in. Number one, they denied Hashem totally. Right? doesn't exist. There is no God. There's no such thing. Right? They denied Hashem. Right, what does Paro say at the end of last week's parsha? I don't know God, I don't know of his existence. That's why the first Maka says the Abarbanel, Kiani Hashem. Exist. Hashnia. By the second one, Shayacholik Lomar, what else did he have to learn? So maybe even if he exists, they did not believe that. He is Mashgiach. That he can be involved, that he can, that he knows what's going on, that he cares about what's going on. Shayacholik Lomar, Timsal Lomar, even if there's a God that exists, we call Makom Eina Mashgiach Bishvalim. He doesn't focus on the humans. Amongst the land. Number two. Number three, says the Abarbanel, Shayacholik Al Yecholas Hashem Isbarach. Right on God's abilities. Okay, even if He exists and He knows and He cares, but He can't do whatever He wants. Lomar sheni yacholoshanos hateva klal, ein kamoni bechal haaretz. Again, the Ramban. Many of you probably remember the uh, at the end of Parshas Bo uses these psukim too. But that's the Abarbanel. Those are the three purposes. But now the Aracha, the, the Klayakar says each set of makos fit into each of those yisodos haemuna. That the Mitzrayim needed to hear. Va'omer ani lahosef bi'er al dvarav. Let me add on. Lahachnis kol gimel makos tachos ugechad. So now let's put each of the sets where it was said. It was said by one, four, and seven, because one, two, three is for one. Four, five, six is for the next. Seven through ten is for the next. Ki gimel makos rishonim ba'u la'ames b'tzias Hashem isparach. 
The first three makos are about God's existence. Why? They said there's one God and that's the Nile. Hashem says there's one God and it's me. And that's why the Nile made your life miserable with the blood and the frogs. Hashem uh, did judgment with their gods. I exist. That's why it says by the R, and the Svardim came because that is number one. And that's why the concept of Kiddush Hashem happens to be amazing Ashkacha. And this year, Dafyomi, today's Dafyomi has to do with the frogs being Mekadesh Shemayim. And by Kinim, who's the first Maka that they couldn't do, there is a God. So by the first three Makos, it's all to prove the existence of a Kaddish Baruch. All fits into the Abarbanel. Next. What's the second? Not only does a God exist, but he is involved. And he is Mashgiach. He is Mashgiach. What does Hashkacha mean? Hashkacha means that I could distinguish between groups and people on the earth. And what happens here doesn't have to happen there. That's Hashkacha. Hashkacha, Pratis, Lahotzi mi leva omrim, to go against those that believe Sheena Karashbrachu Mashgiach Kim al Hashem believes in Ashkacha, people believe in Ashkacha, clawless, general, like the animals have. According to this mistaken approach, everything is nechlas b'erbuvya. Everything is, is all together. There's no difference between man and his friend. What do all these makos have now? Arov, Dever, and Shechin. All of them, it talks about how it happened to the Egyptians. But the animals didn't go. These animals died. These animals didn't die. It's all about hashkacha miduyekes. And that's the second idea. Hashem is in the in the midst of the earth. And so too by the Shechin, the dust goes all over. That's why they couldn't stand in front of, of Moshe. It's all about Hafla. It's all about separation. But this is all about Hashgacha and Hafla. That's category two. And then finally, category three. Category three. So he, the way the Abarbanel understands category three, it's all about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's power. The Klayakar says this, this I'm going to argue on. This one I'm going to give my own shot. What's the purpose of category three? And it's fascinating. There's something that 
combines something that combines the four that we don't usually think about: Arbe, Barad, Choshech, and Makas Pachoros. Something happens in all four of them. What happens in all four of them? The sky turns dark. In all four of them. Arbe, right, the Shamayim. Choshech, Barad, Barad Lachora was, right, uh, and Makas Bachoros. Sheparotom, what was Paro? Paro believed in? Shterishuyos. They believed in dual powers. Okay, no marba makari shona shall say there bachal mati the ki ink come only bachalaritz. I'm the only one. Ain od milvado. That's the purpose of the last four makos. You believe in the sun. You think the sun is powerful. You think the moon is powerful. You think the 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 gdi right that was their their god. You think that that mazel cover the sky. They're nothing. Michlal shaparo to anshish od eloa acher. These three makos prevented the Ora Shemesh and the Mazolos from getting through. Barad, Mistama, again, it's not Vadai, Mistama, Hayu Hashemayim, Miskadrim, Ba'avim. It got cloudy. He couldn't see the sun. Kozman, Yeridas, Habarad. Ubamakas, Ha'arbe, at least when it started. Might have been sunny beforehand. Again, covered. And of course, Choshech and Makas Bacharis was at night. The Kozeraya, Shetoparo al Shemesh Umazal Tlesha Kocham Gamken Gadol. That's what he believed in. The Alkane Barad, Lohaya Kamo. Arbe, Lo Arbe Kamo. Ain Kamo, Ain Kamoni. Because the last three showed, Akadosh Baruch was the only one in charge. There are in dual powers. So, I exist, I'm involved, and I'm the only one. Right, those are the three messages, the three groups of makos, and they each fit together. They each fit together. The klayak are building on the on the abarbanel. Okay. Next thought again is a famous thought, which comes up often, but there's an additional point. That's why I'll, I'll mention it again. Again, it's the most common answer too. We know the first couple of makos, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't do. Aaron had to do it. Dam Svardeya, why? Because, as Rashi quotes twice, both by the uh, Dam and Svardeya and by Kinim, that the water protected Moshe in the Nile, the dirt protected Moshe uh, when he buried the Mitzri, and therefore he has to have, so to speak, Hakaras Atov to the to the uh, to these inanimate items. So again, many point out. I gave it to you this year from uh, the Kovitz, the Lisanig, the Sanugim. That what do you see from here? Hakara Satov has nothing to do with the recipient of the Hakara Satov. Hakara Satov is not based on the giver. I'm sorry, it's not based on the receiver. It's all about the giver. It's about the perfection of one's own personality. Is he somebody who is Makir Tov, who recognizes that others help? That is a crucial mida in Yadus. We know the Ramban in Parshish Kiseitze tells us that's why Amon and Moab are rejected forever because they did not show Akar Satov when we went out of the Midbar. Right? When they should have because Avram saved their, their great-great-grandfather. That's point number one. Hakar Satov is about the one giving. 
Lo mishum shamitiv zakuk letovaso shomakabo matova. Elishabal nefesh tova nidrash lasos tova baratova. And I might add, I think someone pointed out a couple of years ago, Moshe and Akaras atov for the dirt because the dirt protected him from the mitzri. How, how well did that work? How well was he protected from the mitzri? A day. Bayamashani went out. Doesn't an avirim said, hey. So it didn't really give him much, even a little bit, even for a day. But more than that, he continues, and he quotes from Rebissa Zalman. He quotes from the Hadama to the second volume of Evan Azel, where Rebissa Zalman says on the Pasuk of Mizmar Shir Chanukah Sabayis David. David gives a Mizmar, not when he builds the base of Megdash, he wasn't Zoha to that, when he... When he bought the land, the Gemara in Zvachim, I think Davchav Dali, he was Makadish the Ritzpa, he sanctified the earth. But either way, what is David? The whole Mizmar we say every morning. What does all that have to do with the base of Migdash? He's thanking Hashem for reaching the stage of and then he's talking about all of his enemies and all the difficult times he's had. What, what's going on here? So explains your Mrs. Zalman, if you ever have an opportunity to give Hoda'a, don't just give Hoda'a for this one moment. Think back to everything. Think back to everything. Kasher Adam Zochel Le'eza Tova Umala Go'on Libnos is Beis HaMikdash Umodal Kach L'Hashem Yisbarach Alav Lahodos Lo rak al tova zu. Elakol ishtashlo tzhaste Hashem. Think back that everything God Baruch Hu has given us. May avrat ayom hazeh. V'rak That's the only time. Your yotze, your chovas, hoda, bishlemos. Right? That's what mikra bikurim. We come to the base of Migdash. We should say, Hashem, thank you for allowing me to have these delicious fruit. We give a whole Jewish history lesson. Arami yovidavi vayered mitzrayma. Yitzhiyaz mitzrayim. Because that's what a Jew does. Our essence is Hakar Satov, right? Yehuda, Hapamodes Hashem, the Ramban, Kfuye Tova, stay out, but we use the opportunity to always give Hodot HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's what we learned so many elements from this Chazal about Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not about the receiver, it's about the giver. It's even for a little bit. The dirt didn't save him so much, and we use the opportunity to add on. Uh, <laughs> Everything, right? We say in the Agada, Avadam Ayinu or Mitchilo Vodevarazar Hayovasenu. Whichever one, uh, we start from the beginning of the process. Okay, one final thought for tonight, and that's on the Haftorah from Revivlin Sefer on Haftorah. So if we look in Yechezkel, if you look in Yechezkel, Parachav Ches, Parachav Tes, right? It's Me'ena Parsha because. It talks about the Nevuah on Paro Melech Mitzrayim. It talks about Paro in the Parsha. And it talks about what's going to happen to Paro, as many of the Nevuos do. Right, that's where the Pasuk is. Right, it talks about There's going to come a time that Mitzrayim will be, right, will be destroyed. Because he said, he, Paro said, Like Yecheskel and Yermio, all the Nevi'im said Nevuah about all the lands in the future. And then he says, Goes through all the history. And towards the end of the Haftorah, Nevuchanetzer Melech Bavel, 
Hevet eschelo avoda gadola el tsar, kal rosh mokraf, kal kasef meruta, Nebuchadnezzar is going to come in and defeat Mitzrayim. Hinini nosein lo Nebuchadnezzar, melech babel, az eretz Mitzrayim, vechulu. Says of Rivlin, if you go through the history books about all these wars, there is a natural explanation, of course, of the powers of Egypt, the powers of Bavel, the powers of Ashur, how things progressed throughout the years, who was assassinated, who was on whose side. When Nebuchadnezzar defeated Mitzrayim, it obviously was felt in the whole world. Everybody was talking about it. All the newscasts, for sure, Anshei Tzava, Politikayim, Sociologim, Psikolodim, Kalkalanim, Nitchu, Pirshu, Izbiru, they all had, the talk shows probably had a field day. They had enough to talk about for years and years. When any event happens, how do you, how do you look at it? What does this mean from an emotional level, a financial, everything? Yechezkel prophesizes about it. You know what that means? That yes, every event, especially having to do with military, political events on the globe, yes, that's all, it has an explanation, but ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pulling the strings. And ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bringing to some destiny that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants the world to get to. And if Mitzrayim is getting destroyed because it's not Stam, because of something right now, it's on the larger you know, tapestry of history that Mitzrayim deserves something now. And you know what? There's going to be another Nevuah, how Bavil is going to be punished after they defeat Mitzrayim. And all throughout, because all of these events, then and now, all have a Kaddish Baruch Hu behind the scenes. So this is about Mitzrayim, this is about Bavel, but he says towards the end, Right? Haimitachin. Shagam hamaoraos haolomim. Shashinu as pnei historia biyovel achron. Bo raklaman am Yisrael. Is it possible? Think about everything that happened over the past 120 years in Russia, in Europe, in the world. Hayim hukam haum rakadil achron as medinat Yisrael. Right? Why is there a UN? Nif lafla imperia ha Soviet. All these things have effects, but we have to recognize. Yes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu figures out a way that every single person, privately, individually, has Bechir HaChavshis. But in the larger scheme of things, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the world. And everything that happens, especially regarding nations, and the world scene, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pulling the strings. And we believe that, and we know that, and we know it's heading towards... It's heading towards a finale. It's heading towards a destiny. It should happen soon and speedily in our days. As we read these parshias of Geula, we should be zochet to a Geula Shlema Bimhera Viamenu.